Welcome to the worship podcast of Grace Episcopal Church in Newton, Massachusetts for Sunday, October 4th, 2020, St. Francis Day. I'm Regina Walton, pastor and rector of Grace Church. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're welcome to walk alongside us here at Grace. Usually we have our St. Francis pet blessing during our service of Holy Eucharist right inside the church. Today, Rowan and I will be offering pet blessings to go on the lawn at Grace from 10 a.m. until noon. Humans, please wear masks and keep a safe six feet apart if you do drop by with your pet or your stuffed animal. Just a reminder that you can now subscribe to our worship podcast through Apple Podcasts. That will make it much easier to share with your friends, too. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Most high, omnipotent, good Lord, grant your people grace to renounce gladly the vanities of this world, that following the way of blessed Francis, we may for love of you delight in your whole creation with perfectness of joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 22, verses 13 through 16. Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness, and his upper rooms by injustice, who makes his neighbors work for nothing, and does not give them their wages, who says, I will build myself a spacious house with large upper rooms, and who cuts out windows for it, paneling it with cedar and painting it with vermilion. Are you a king because you compete in cedar? Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? Then it was well with him. He judged the cause of the poor and needy. Then it was well. Is not this to know me, says the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. from the letter of Paul to the Galatians, chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. 
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The second half of our Gospel reading today, Matthew 11.28, is part of what was often called the comfortable words. If you grew up with the 1928 prayer book, you might remember the priest saying, after the confession and absolution, Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ saith unto all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. In fact, this invocation dates back to the earliest materials for what would become the first Book of Common Prayer in 1548. Words change meaning over time. These days, the adjective comfortable has less to do with words or speech and more to do with sweatpants, perhaps especially these days. You might guess that comfortable had a meaning more like comforting has today, which is closer but still doesn't quite capture the archaic meaning that comfortable had in the 16th through 18th centuries. The Latin root of comfort, comfortare, means to strengthen. We've lost that sense of comfort or comfortable, or perhaps it's just buried under too many layers. Comfortable words were words that encouraged, strengthened, sustained, supported, or consoled. This sense of comfortable can also help us to understand Jesus' saying in Matthew. Right after Jesus says to come to him if we are weary and burdened and he will give us rest, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is talking about a wooden yoke for a pair of oxen. This seems, you know, sort of heavy. But Jesus insists that his yoke is easy. Still, it's an odd image to imagine lightening our burdens by taking on a heavy yoke, or becoming more free by being yoked to a master. Last week, I spoke about Paul's letter to the Philippians and the paradox that in the Christian life, joy exists in the midst of pain. Following Jesus is not a shortcut on an easy path or the promise that we get to detour around painful experiences and challenges in life. So, Jesus, how easy can your yoke really be? Again, I think our notion of comfort and what is comfortable 
and our notion of ease and what is easy might be getting in the way. Hiking the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage route in Spain is on my someday travel bucket list. My husband Chris is a patient man who rarely makes blanket statements, but he has said emphatically that he will never hike the Camino. I am going to have to trek any and all extremely lengthy medieval holy hikes without him. The Camino would be a huge stretch for me, as I know from several friends who have done it. What all the friends have talked about are the blisters. You can't walk nearly all day every day without getting really serious blisters. But some shoes are way better than others for long hikes. Good, solid, comfortable shoes made for walking will get you much farther with fewer blisters than cheap shoes or dress shoes. This kind of comfort that is made, this is a kind of comfort that is made for going places. The comfort of the shoes gives you more strength and ease for walking. It helps you keep going. This is different than the comfort of sleeping in a big poofy comforter, for example. That's just the freedom from discomfort or shelter from any undesirable feelings. This is comfort as cocoon rather than a strength for the journey. Jesus' easy yoke is not a cocoon of safety and positive feelings. It's more like the lightweight gear that makes the difficult journeys possible and even enjoyable. Jesus' path is the one that forces us to let go of all the heavy and burdensome things that are weighing us down so that we can make the journey that God intends for us. It helps us to pull the plow to grow good crops in God's field. We're here to be part of the abundant harvest of the gospel, but we can't do that if we're too weighed down to move or too exhausted or fatigued to continue. Today, October 4th, is the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi, which we celebrate at Grace. Francis was all about traveling light. We know from Marie Kondo that we should only keep possessions that spark joy. For Francis, it was giving possessions away that sparked joy. He is remembered both for his joy and for his voluntary poverty. Like most radicals, over time the church has made a cozy, sanitized image of Francis. Over the centuries, the church's witness on the radical power of simplicity has dimmed. And this is a shame, because we're caught up in the grip of three interrelated crises that can only be addressed through re-engagement with what the church used to call simplicity of life on both a personal and systemic scale. We are simultaneously living through the coronavirus pandemic, through a great national uprising against white supremacy and especially against the killings by police of unarmed black and brown people, and the extreme weather of climate change, most recently through wildfires and hurricanes increasing in frequency and ferocity. This is not a coincidence. These three crises are interrelated and interconnected. We can't solve one without addressing the others. Simplicity of life has three interrelated strands, like a braid. These are the strands of economic justice, the strand of environmental sustainability, and the strand of non-materialism with generosity. Each strand exists on both a personal and on a systemic scale. For example, 
The reading from Jeremiah describes an exploitive developer who becomes a king. Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his upper rooms by injustice, who makes his neighbors work for nothing and who does not give them their wages. The Lord replies to this man, Are you a king because of your gold-painted mansion? No, it's those who live justly and righteously and who seek justice for the poor, who have true authority. When a nation buys into the model of the exploitive developer, all the resources of its citizenry and its natural resources are squandered. No amount of lux living can compensate for a lack of justice. Psalm 148 gives a different vision of all the different elements of creation joining together in the work of praising the Creator. Sea monsters, the elements, mountains and hills, creeping things and winged birds, and human beings all praise the name of the Lord in their own way. To praise God as Creator is to rejoice in the beauty and wonder of creation for its own sake, and it is to work to preserve it rather than to exploit it for short-sighted gain. Non-materialism, holding our things lightly and not storing up in excess of what we truly need, ensures that no one is poor or hungry. On a larger scale, this is the idea of the commonwealth or commonweal, the public good. This is the sense that we are better together, that there is enough to go around, and that a community is strongest when its resources are shared equitably. Acts 2 describes the new Christian community as holding all things in common and distributing to anyone who had need. Widows and orphans got special preference because they were the most vulnerable groups in a patriarchal system. What these three strands of simplicity have in common is that they are other-focused. The good things in life are meant for all, and they are meant to be shared, not hoarded up for personal gain. Focus on self and me and mine poisons these three streams. We cannot control the pandemic without prioritizing the common good above all, including the needs of the black and brown people who are most at risk. We cannot halt climate change without a radical rethinking of the way that we exploit the Earth's resources, turning its treasure into trash. We cannot end white supremacy without a radical reaccounting and redistribution of property and wealth to those people of color who have been deterred or prevented from accessing home ownership, quality education, and professional advancement. And we also can't do it without a long overdue reckoning around law enforcement, policing, and mass incarceration. So the easy yoke of Jesus is not a discreet, private spirituality. It is a comprehensive way of being in the world, using and sharing all that we have for the glory of God and for the common good. At its core, simplicity is about love and what Jesus calls the greatest commandment, to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Love is focused on the other, Love seeks the prospering of all and not exploitation. Love knows that we are all interconnected and interdependent from the aerosols we breathe to the food we eat and how it is grown and harvested to the neighborhoods we live in and how we care for the vulnerable people who live there 
to the goods and services we buy, to the candidates we vote for. The choices that we make affect each other. In the 1970s, a young woman named Doris Jansen Longacre returned from time overseas where she and her family had served as Mennonite missionaries. Doris had a lot of trouble readjusting to the American way of life after seeing how people in the so-called third world lived on so much less. She had a new awareness of the damage American consumption was causing across the globe. Doris was the missionary, but she was also converted by those she served to a deeper simplicity in her own life. So she wrote the More With Less cookbook, full of simple, inexpensive recipes from around the world, submitted by all her missionary friends. This was wildly successful, and maybe some of you remember using it back in the day. Bishop Gates told me that he and his wife Tricia cooked from it all the time when he was in seminary and they were on a tight budget. But, he said, though the recipes were for six servings, he and Tricia would usually end up eating the whole thing at dinner. They decided that the serving sizes must have been for Mennonites rather than for Episcopalians. After the cookbook, Doris Longacre wanted to do more. She wrote another book called Living More With Less, again full of the personal experiences of her friends overseas, this time more like recipes for different areas of life. Her friends and her husband actually had to finish the book for her because, very sadly, Doris died of cancer at the age of 39 in 1979. Living More With Less is centered around what Doris called the five life standards. These are principles to live by, rooted in Christian simplicity but not sectarian. They are do justice, learn from the world community, nurture people, cherish the natural world, and non-conform freely. The five life standards help to remind me how to wear Jesus' easy yoke in my everyday life, and I keep returning to them. In Matthew 11, Jesus says that he is gentle and humble in heart. Living simply with humility and gentleness is a power source that brings healing and wholeness to the world. The best kind of comfort is not the kind that cocoons us, but the kind that strengthens and equips us for the journey the kind that makes the way easier for all people, not just for a privileged few. We've journeyed over some very rocky landscapes so far in 2020, and the path still looks pretty rough. May we continue to comfort each other with mutual support and encouragement. May we learn to live simply and generously, working for the common good, loving God and our neighbor, wearing the easy yoke of our Lord. In God's name, amen. Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We join with other churches around the world in observing these next Sundays as part of the season of creation. Let us pray for the revealing of the reign of God in the world, now and always. Creator of earth, sea, and sky, kindle the fire of your Spirit within us, that we may be bold to heal and defend the earth, and pour your blessing upon all who work for the good of the planet. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Breath of life, receive our thanks for the beauty of our local habitat and all who dwell in it, and grant us the wisdom and will to conserve it. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Source of life, heal and redeem the wounds of your creation, and visit the places and people who suffer from our indifference, neglect, and greed. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Lover of all you have made, we thank you for the wondrous diversity of your creatures, and we pray for their well-being. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Author of the book of nature, receive our gratitude for places of restoration and healing and continue to bless those places that feed our lives and spirits. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Wise creator, whose works are full of mystery, give us wonder and appreciation for your creatures with whom we find ourselves in conflict. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Divine Physician, hear our communities, especially those where neglect, greed, or violence inflict suffering upon people, other creatures, and the land. We pray especially for all those suffering from COVID-19 and for all doctors, nurses, and health professionals who care for them. We pray for medical researchers and those working towards a vaccine. We give thanks for those who have offered themselves as participants in vaccine trials. We pray for all creatures, two-legged and four-legged, affected by the wildfires in the West, and for those who are risking their lives to save others. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Comforter of all the earth, sustain the people of this congregation who desire or need your presence and help. We pray for all students in K-12, through college, and graduate school, and for all teachers, professors, and school administrators. We pray for those who are grieving and for those struggling with anxiety, depression, or addiction. We pray for those who are lonely and isolated. God, giver of life, Hear our prayer.
giver of all good gifts, awaken us daily to our dependence upon your bounty, and make us always thankful for the abundance of your blessings. We pray for all those who who are blessed with a birthday this week. James, Maeve, Mercer, Jean, Jennifer, Vicki, James, Ted, and Myron. We pray for all who worship and minister at Grace Church. Giving thanks especially for the Grace Discussion Group Planning Committee, who thoughtfully chose themes and presenters that help us engage with our faith and the world through lively conversation and personal reflection. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Rock and refuge for all your creatures. Receive into everlasting mercy all those who have died. Especially Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elandria Williams, and Catherine Kearns Rosser, mother of Harry Rosser. God, giver of life, hear our prayer. Eternal God, the light of all who know you, come and fill our hearts with your love. Help us speak when many keep silent. Help us stand for what is right when many sit in indifference. Increase our faith and charity until your kingdom comes and heaven and earth rejoice in everlasting glory. Through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. A prayer for the power of the Spirit among the people of God. God of all power and love, we give thanks for your unfailing presence and the hope you provide in times of uncertainty and loss. Send your Holy Spirit to enkindle in us your holy fire. Revive us to live as Christ's body in the world, a people who pray, worship, learn, break bread, share life, heal neighbors, bear good news, seek justice, Rest and grow in the Spirit. 
wherever and however we gather, unite us in common prayer and send us in common mission, that we and the whole creation might be restored and renewed. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you to everyone who contributed to our worship podcast for today. We thank the Grace Church Choir, featuring section leaders Kristen Buabin, Diane Drost, Stephen M., and John Yanis, as well as Linda Hosfeld. We also thank our music director and organist, Chris Hosfeld. 
Thank you to our electors Austin Stewart and Mira Ferre, and our lay reader Peter Malagodi. You can find out more about Grace Church at our website, gracenewton.org. We hope you join us again next week. <laughs>